Welcome back to another episode of Two Quick Things. This is Shamina. I am your host. Uh, I'm going to be trying out a few different intros over the next few episodes to see what sticks and I may end up changing it overall, but we'll see. Uh, Thanks for everyone for listening to last week's episode about five truths about work. Um, that kind of spun off into two directions. So I'll take one and the other in two different weeks. Um, so the one that I'll take this week is about hiring. And the next episode after that will be about supervision. Because I think that's a topic that can very easily get overlooked uh, and undervalued. But if you have ever supervised, um, and if you've been super, a supervisor, both of those are two very different experiences, and I think it's, like I said, it's underplayed the role of a supervisor and supervision and what that means and how actually important that is. So um, shout out to Molly for reminding me, like, oh, girl, do that episode because I'm here for it. So, <clears throat> But this week I'm going to talk about hiring. I think it's important for us to acknowledge um, wherever we are in our careers and however we show up to our work that not everyone... Uh, was brought up to know the same rules. So when you are scrutinizing a candidate, because we could say evaluating, but let's be honest, when you get a chance to, it feels real good to have the power. Unfortunately, I'm not saying this is a good thing, but it can feel nice to have the power of being in the decision-making seat, especially as it comes to hiring and interviews. And we put people through this ridiculous gauntlet because either we went through it or we feel like they must earn this role and people being themselves and showing up as themselves is not enough. But that's a tangent in itself. Um, When I think about us not having the same rules, I want to say, contrary to popular belief, we don't all get the same training to do things that we may now think of as as basic, like writing thank you notes or knowing how to confidently shake hands. You learn those things over time. But if you are not in an environment where you've been exposed to those kind of small Uh, I guess things that push you over may push you over the hump with some people. Uh, I think it's important for us to remember that if we're trying to evaluate every candidate on this one particular thing, we're doing ourselves a disservice and we're probably missing out on really strong people because of some arbitrary rules that to be honest, white men and white folks perpetuate. And then other folks of color have then chosen to perpetuate because it's gotten us through the door. So a little bit of truth for you at the very beginning. Um, I think the second point I have is um, remembering that you were once a candidate. So expecting people to be like this purple unicorn of everything perfect that you wrote in the job description. um, When sometimes you as a hiring manager, not me, but the proverbial you is pulling to is barely pulling it together. The two sentences that you have to write or you have to say is really unreasonable. So I think there's a part of which we have to put ourselves in the candidate's shoes when we're hiring, recognize that they're nervous, work to not hold that against them, and do everything that we can to try to create an ease into an experience. And if you feel like someone is stumbling over a question or they don't understand it, take a pause, reframe, or ask them some other type of question that may get at the same type of answer. But us just sitting there and looking at the person as though they should understand all these things in this really high pressure, high stress situation where we're expecting people to be perfect is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So remember that, (coughs) excuse me, when you're hiring, you're on the other side of a human being. 
And especially if you are not a great supervisor and you're expecting this person to come in and like bring the fire, you're not even ready for that. So tell the truth about it and understand that people are going to be nervous. Not everybody's going to know exactly how to show up to the interview and that's okay. What we should be doing is training people because we're going to have to train them and work with them and really coach them to be what we think we need them to be. They're going to come in with their own set of skills and their own personality and dynamic and bring that flavor to the role. And our job is to help shape them hopefully into someone that we can eventually train to do good work and to continue to to go forth and either represent the organization or move on to the next position. So remember that you're across from a human being, period. And I say this as a person who, when I was working in higher education, we would put people through the gauntlet and expect them to have these perfect answers when we ourselves couldn't answer the damn question if put in front of a firing squad like we put in front of other people. The, the question that we got the most, and I don't even have a good answer. It would take me some time to pull it together. So you can think about me good, bad, or indifferent. I really don't care. But we would be like, what is defined social justice? Define diversity. Now, who in the hell do you know, even if you are rehearsed, unless you're looking at notes, you're generally not spouting off like, and this is what it means. So remember, again, give people an opportunity to show up to, to the occasion, if you will. Um, with that, know what skills you're looking for before you start searching for somebody to fill a role. I think sometimes we get into this, like I need this person to put, be a cog in the machine and that's it. And we don't have any other expectation of what the person should be not expecting them to be perfect, but we're building this thing as we go of like, Oh, I saw that in that candidate. I liked it. I saw that in that candidate. I liked it. No, know what you are looking for. Know what your must haves are before you start the search. So you have a barometer or a baseline of which to go from. I feel like that's, it should be a very simple thing, but I don't think we think about those. Sometimes we think about what we don't want. And I'm like, Stop thinking about what you don't want because then you're approaching the whole process from a deficit mindset. Think about like, what would it be great to have? What, what is the baseline of what I need people to come in here to do? Do I need them to be an expert at, at Microsoft Word? Who the hell is an expert at Microsoft Word? Nobody. But do I need you to know how to type and look stuff up and be resourceful, Google things, ask questions? Yes. But I don't need you to be an expert at Microsoft Word. That's ridiculous. Type know what the squiggly lines mean, make them go away and move on. Another thing about that, hire for skills that you do not already have on your team. Stop it. Cut out this mess where you're trying to hire clones of yourself or other people on your team. We should be hiring against our deficiencies. So, and I, I, I know that people don't do that, um, which is kind of weird because they're usually looking for, I think it's a, a, like an internal confidence thing that people are like, well, I don't want this person to outshine me. Girl, if they, they look, make me look good, then we all look good. There's things that they're going to be coming, come in and be able to do. But if you have your thumb on them the whole time and they don't get an opportunity to get out there and shine because you're worried about how they're going to make you look bad or make you look good, they go make you look good if they're doing good work because you hired them. You're coaching them and you're preparing them. But I'm tired of people hiring clones. Having a homogenous team really curbs the potential for diversity that you could add to your team for two reasons that I thought of. Um, One, it's hard to be the only person of color, period, on a team. So if all of a sudden your whole team is homogenous and then you try to bring in a person by homogenous, I generally mean white. 
if you're trying to bring in a person of color, you're asking them to hold a whole ship on their back to come in and teach you how to work with people of color. And I say, I speak this from a lived experience standpoint. So know that. Um, and then knowing that I'm going to be, if I'm coming in, I'm knowing I'm going to be break, be having to break the mold of a predominantly white space as a daunting thought and a daunting task. And then people are confused as to why they can't recruit people of color to their team. Cause if, frankly, somebody it's, it's a lot more work to come in, to be new to an organization and to bring the color to the picture. Hello. But think about that as you're hiring and, and understand that and acknowledge it. Stop trying to hide it and pretend like diversity of thought is what is really important. Get the hell out of here with that. That's ridiculous. Cut it out. Um, another point, job descriptions. Oh, and I tell you job descriptions. People should be writing job descriptions so that they uh, the tasks in them are reasonable to obtain. I can't tell you in my career how many job descriptions that I'm like, no one person can do all of this. You can't even do half of this if you tried. Again, be reasonable. If there are elements that you're willing to train on and that someone is going to learn or grow into the job, then state that. Be clear. Like, excited to train and work with an employee to develop the following skills, if that's how you want to write it. But here's what happens when you write these ridiculous job descriptions. People who are oftentimes bring a visible diversity to your team. So they bring some color to your picture. They bring a lot of things, but let's be honest, you're looking a lot of the times for the color in the picture um, that would likely not apply for the job because it seems too big. It seems unreasonable. How am I going to do this and try to show up as a person of color in the space? And they're not even going to apply. And this is very specific to women and folks of color. Like if we see a job that has 87 parts and we have like 40 to 45, we're like, I don't even have half. I'm not going to apply. So write the job description as you actually want it to exist um, and be understanding when someone comes in and, and pay attention to the, the transferable skills that they're going to bring. They might not have that exact bullet point, but you're like, oh, they're a thinker. And I think they'd be able to figure out, figure out this thing or this task and work through it. But you've got to be like focused on what do I actually need them to do in the job? What not, not what do I want them to do 10 years down the road when they've been in the same job for too long, probably, but think about what do I actually need them to do when they come in? So there's that, but we have to be more thoughtful about writing these job descriptions. You ain't going to get the unicorn, bruh. You're just not going to get the unicorn. There's not a ton of unicorns out there. So think about that. If you're going in looking for the perfect candidate, you're going to always be disappointed. But you should be writing your job descriptions of what you actually want the person to do. At one point, I saw a job description as like, requ must, uh, we require that you have first aid and CPR. Now, if, I, if I'm the, gro the golden candidate and I don't have first aid and CPR, you're not going to give me a chance to attain that? You're not even going to offer to pay for it. I got to do it myself, which is, is not unreasonable, but that's going to be the thing that doesn't get me the job because I don't have first aid and CPR. Come on, think that through. That is a trainable thing. That is a skill set that you can get once you start a position because the class is like a day or a day, half a day or something like that. You telling me from, from that, like six to eight hours, you're not going to consider me as a viable candidate, even though I meet all the other markers. Come on. Think that through. Um, the last two points, I said, cut out the unnecessary hoops and hurdles that we put people through. 
be clear in the communication of what the role is, what you're looking for, what's going to work, what's not going to work. But I think we'd be playing ourselves out here when we're like, they have to do this. They have to do this practical or hands-on experience. First of all, if they have to do that, make sure that it's a must have. You need to see them that they have skills in this area, but then tell them about it during the phone interview or if you're in a video interview, tell them about it so people aren't surprised and they can make a decision for themselves. So lay out what the process looks like. Don't spring up last minute and be like, oh, and yes, we have this little practical exam or all of a sudden we're going to give you 30 minutes to prepare this presentation. Nobody does that. You don't, there's, there rarely is a role where you're going to have to stand up in front of a bunch of people seemingly not prepared and give a presentation. That's just, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Um, so be clear in communicating that, but really just because you had to, you know, be on site for an interview for six to eight hours, be part of that change. Don't nobody need to talk to you that long unless you're literally curing a disease or solving like an actual world problem and you're solving it, not contributing to the back end of it, but you're solving it. Stop making people jump through hoops and hurdles. We used to, when I was in higher ed, which is not that long ago, we used to love having people on site for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We want to see them at their best. We want to see them at their worst. That's ridiculous. People sleep. People take rests. Cut it out. I feel like I've said a few times this episode, cut it out. Just because you went through that doesn't, you can make it better for the next person. And chances are the role that you have is not going to be a role that somebody's going to be in for their lifetime. So they're going to be here for a while, a few years, and you have an opportunity to coach them up, train them up and do that. And my final point is, um, this has specifically um, been my experience as a, um, a black woman and folks that I have interviewed. Um, take the time to coach young candidates of color. If you, if you can do this and you have it in your capacity and you know how to do it well, if you don't know how to do it, don't be trying to experiment in this. Ask somebody how they've done it before. Cause chances are you've worked with somebody who's been able to pull that candidate of color aside and, and give them a little bit of insight. Usually it works best. If so, they go through the process, you hire them and then you talk to them about their, in, their interview process. And you talk to them, give them some pointers of like, hey, this is what I noticed during your interview process. This was really good. This is a a point that you need to probably work on whenever the next role comes up for you to apply for. But we saw potential in you and da, 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 da. But don't leave people out here like jacked up and messed up. And it certainly takes a risk. And you have to be willing to like step out on that, that, that faith or that branch and give people that feedback in a meaningful way. Um, But we got to start training each other and pulling each other along and making sure that we're setting up the next young person for success, even if we didn't have it, especially if we didn't have it, because now we're probably in a position where we've got some decision making power and we can do that. So those are just a few tips and notes on hiring. Um, Podcast recommendations for this week. First, I have a recommendation for a movie that I saw on um, a movie and then a TV show. TV show, it's old. It's, it came out in 2014, but it's Madam Secretary. It's real good. It's on Netflix. It is amazing, but I also like political shows. But the, the movie that just came out on November 1st on Netflix, it's American Son, and it stars Kerry Washington. I don't know who the other people are, but they were good as well. But when I tell you that movie, man, that was good. It was really good. Caught my, kept my attention for the entire one hour and 30 minutes. 
Oh, it was so good. Anywho, so there's that. Um, let's see, podcast recommendations. Um, let's see, as usual, Brown Ambition, episode 194, Balancing Boss Life with Wifey Expectations. Excellent. Oh my gosh, another superb ep- episode of Therapy for Black Girls, The Challenge Challenges of Black Women in Leadership. When I tell you I got my life, I stopped and I listened to it twice, um, and I took notes as I was going. Whew. When I tell you that that hit home and it was so for real, yes. Um, there's an, a new episode of, um, so uh, what is this? Let me see if I can remember what, uh, WBEZ Chicago has hosted a few podcasts. One was making Oprah, one was making Obama. And the next one coming up in the middle of, of November is Beyonce. Uh, so making Beyonce, it's not out. The trailer is out. It's like a three minute trailer, um, for the season. Ooh, I'm ready. My soul is ready. I hope you're ready too, because I'm definitely going to be talking about it. Um, and then I say the last one was another really good episode of um, In Pursuit from Glassdoor. Uh, that episode was with Jallery, Valerie Jarrett. Um, it's just, I mean, she was, I think, a special advisor to um, President Obama during both of his terms. And when I just tell you, she just keeps it real and is gentle and honest and appropriate is the only word that I could, uh, the only other word that I can think of, but she's just so calm in her presentation of, uh, how she experienced the white house, how she experiences this current presidency. If we want to call it that, we're just going to leave that at that, but just a really thoughtful um, episode. So shout out to that team for putting that together. And I think my last one will be a new podcast that recently came out called um, At A Girl. It is um, under the Girls Girls Network. Um, it is Meredith Solo is her name. And she just she just gives you real talk and she cusses a lot and she's out there keeping it real. So shout out to her for the podcast. It's about like work and advancing in work and getting be over, over the barriers that oftentimes we put in front of ourselves and either getting shit done or setting goals and smashing them or not, not punishing yourself if you don't hit the goal. Um, it's just a really good short podcast. It's like maybe no more than 12, 14 minutes and gets right to the point. So those are my podcast podcast recommendation. I'll include them in the show notes as usual. Thanks for listening. You got this far. Appreciate it. Feel free to rate and review it on any platform. As per usual, if you don't, I'm still going to be back. And I am looking forward to doing the next episode on supervision. So if you got any thoughts on that or questions, feel free to slide in my DM. My DMs, I am on Instagram and Facebook, uh, two quick things. And you're obviously listening to the podcast. So share it with your friends and I'll see y'all next week. Bye.